For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be doing something a little bit differently. I know normally we're going through the 49ers in every single game that they play. However, the one problem there is the fact that it is finally time for the 49ers bye week, which means that instead of talking about football for a week, we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and what happened with the draft yesterday, talk about some of the news that also happened and what that could do to their potential value in the future markets, etc. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on, and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. BetOnline is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. Now, before we ended up going on break, we previewed what we were going to be doing this week, talking about what happened yesterday in the NBA draft for the Warriors and talking about what that's going to do for their hopes of potentially winning a championship or even making it out of the Western Conference. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about what happened with the second overall pick. Uh, the Warriors were expected to go after a big man. There were some rumors potentially of taking a another prospect or potentially trading downward, but all the rumors or all the expectations going in were true and the Warriors stayed true to it as they ended up taking James Wiseman with the second overall pick after Anthony Edwards was taken with the first pick. Wiseman, very solid player, ended up going to Memphis for about three games, number one big man on the board, which is a perfect fit because of the fact that Golden State already has a ton of guards, and their big men definitely were a little bit inconsistent last year. Marquise Chris had moments, but at the end of the day, Wiseman has the potential to blossom into a solid big man, and they believe that he is a very good fit in that system. I can't argue with that. I think Wiseman is a very good player. He's also good defensively, can block shots, good rebounder, has some offensive talent as well, and I think he should be able to do a lot in the pick and roll with Curry, etc. Now, talking about some of the other picks that really kind of flew under the radar, Golden State ended up having two second-round picks. They ended up taking point guard Nico Mannion out of Arizona, with the 18th pick in the second round, and then ended up taking Justinian Jessup at a Boise State shooting guard with the 21st pick in the second round. Now, first of all, to break down Nico Mannion, he was a pretty big prospect coming out of high school, and he was solid in Arizona. I'd say he didn't fully live up to the hype, which is why he ended up not going into the first round, but he has the ability to put up points in bunches. He had 40-plus points in one game last season. 
and in college at Arizona. So he does have the ability to provide a bit of a spark to this bench unit from a backup point guard perspective, assuming he is going to be able to play. He has a lot of experience as well internationally as he ended up playing on it on uh, Italy at the age of 17. So he has a decent amount of international experience, which should help him translate his talents to, uh, you know, the increased athleticism and the actual just professionalism that the NBA comes to expect. But looking at his numbers from last season, pretty solid overall, uh, Mannion. He struggled a lot in terms of his shooting percentage, but he does have the ability to put up a ton of points. Very, very good quick score. Pretty much a microwave off the bench. He does have to work on his defense, which is a pretty big concern, but he is pretty solid with his floaters, with his three-point shooting. Knows how to get to his spots. The only issue is that he struggles with a little bit of consistency with his shooting form. But with Golden State and how well they have shot the ball for the last, I don't know, it feels like almost a decade at this point, you have to assume that there's nobody Manny would rather learn from than Steph. So that should definitely help his uh, transition into the NBA. And Jessup is an interesting case because he is also a very good three-point shooter out of Boise State. Now, he was taken with the expectations of developing into a prospect. And the reason why is because of the fact that he has already signed up to play for Australia in their league next season. So Jessup will not be joining the Warriors this upcoming year. But that could be a good thing because of the fact that he was a flyer pick anyway. So they weren't really expecting much out of him immediately. And now he's another year to get significant playing time to work on his craft before eventually coming over to the Warriors for next season. So that is something that is worth keeping in mind. But Jessup isn't really that big of a deal. Uh, he is a solid three-point shooter, but that is pretty much his ceiling. He's going to be best-case scenario, uh, a standstill three-point shooter. That's basically what he is. But overall, solid shooter, still 6'7", should definitely provide some length and some much-needed three-point shooting depth to this Warriors team. Mannion, once again, will be able to be some type of backup point guard. He should be able to at least provide sparks off the bench when it seems like the offense has gone stagnant, which is very important. But Wiseman, of course, is the main prize, which I talked about. And Wiseman was one of my favorite prospects going into the draft. My two favorite prospects going in were personally Wiseman and Obi Topin. I was also a pretty big fan of Okongwu, but he also has the fractured toe. So he ended up sliding a little bit uh, to the sixth pick as Atlanta ended up taking him. But Wiseman has the ability to become a very, very good big man in the league if he can develop his offense and most likely bulk up a little bit because he was a little bit on the skinnier side in college. I do think that the Warriors, with their player development, should be able to maximize his potential. And I think that Wiseman should be able to help the Warriors make it back to the postseason. Now, that was what happened with the draft, which was, of course, a solid afternoon for the Warriors or evening. Now, the main issue that you had was in the middle of the draft because you ended up having a massive code red disaster situation, which was the fact that Clay Thompson yesterday got injured. Now, it was a little bit unclear as to the severity of the injury when it came to how badly he injured his Achilles. First of all, right before the draft or so, you hear rumors Clay hurt his leg in a workout. You don't know how serious it is. You don't really know what happened, and everyone started to panic. But as more and more details came out, it started sounding worse and worse. They talked about how it was his Achilles. They talked about how he couldn't put any weight on it. He had to be basically helped out of the gym. And as of right now, it does not look too promising. It seems very likely 
that Clay Thompson once again messed up a leg of his, and he will most likely, assuming it's as bad as people now expect it to be, he might miss the entire season again, which is completely disastrous for Golden State. I know everyone in the West was talking about how LeBron and how AD were going to run it back, etc. I know AD's technically a free agent, but let's be real, he's going to resign with the Lakers. People talk about him, how the Clippers are going to retool and come back. Denver's still good, you know. You have a pretty very you have a pretty difficult gauntlet going on in the Western Conference right now. So Dallas getting better, Portland's getting better, stuff like that. So people thought you know the Warriors getting Clay and Steph back might be able to just come back immediately, become serious contenders once again. I hate to say this, but everyone already knows this. If Clay is actually out for the year, Golden State has really no chance to win the West. Now the issue that you have with Golden State is the fact that a their big men depth aren't very good. So you're not going to match up well against the Lakers regardless. And B is the fact that the only way the Warriors were going to actually beat teams was going to be maximizing the point differential from the three-point line, which has been the cornerstone of their success. Guarding the three-point shot well, being pretty solid on team defense, and then having bombs away situations with Clay and Steph where they're putting up roughly 60 points combined between the two of them, where Draymond's also leading the defense, etc. But... With Clay, I'm assuming for the sake of this, fingers crossed that I'm wrong, I'm assuming he's not going to play this season. Or if he does, it'll be right around playoff time because he's going to be missing a large portion of the regular season. And if that's going to be the case, yes, Steph is still insanely good. We already know that. He's still one of the best point guards in the league. And he, of course, will put up very big numbers. But the issue there is that defenses can potentially, I want to say double team, but they can give Curry even more attention defensively because they can't, uh, because they wouldn't have been able to help off, off of Clay Thompson, of course, who's one of the best three-point shooters of all time as well. Now they can actually do that. They have a little bit more leeway when it comes to helping out defensively. So I expect Curry to still succeed, but I do think that he will find less open opportunities because of the fact that defenses will start to crash more on him. Wiseman, you don't really know, especially in this weak draft class going in, how long it's going to take for some of these rookies to transition to the NBA. I think Wiseman should transition pretty well. I do think his frame is a bit concerning and that he needs to gain a little bit of weight. So he might end up looking a lot better as the season goes on in comparison to the first couple of weeks. But Wiseman should still provide solid minutes. I don't know if he's going to start or if he's going to come off the bench, but that remains to be seen. Either or, he should help out. The Warriors still have a decent amount of talent, obviously. and. No Clay is going to be huge, but you still have Curry, you still have Draymond, you still have Steve Kerr on the bench, so you still have a solid nucleus, just not as insane of a nucleus as you were hoping for for the start of the season. Now, based on everything that I just said, it's time to break down what exactly you can expect from the betting markets going forward. Now, for the NBA championship right now, the Warriors are listed as 8-1 to one, uh, to lift the trophy which means that they have the fifth lowest odds in the entire league in order to actually win. The Lakers are at three and a half to one. The Bucks are at five to one. The Nets are at six to one. And the Clippers are at six to one as well. And the Warriors are at eight to one before you have the Celtics at 14 to one. So there's a pretty big gap between the top four, between the top six, uh, five teams, I should say, and the sixth team in the future markets for winning the NBA championship. The Warriors at eight to one might seem interesting. It's not. With If Clay is really not going to be there, this team doesn't have much of a shot. And Wiseman, even though he might be good, 
he's still way too skinny to guard some of the big men in this conference. You have to wonder about Jokic. Even Portland has Nurkic. You have to wonder about Anthony Davis, of course, but nobody can guard Anthony Davis. That's kind of a moot point. But you have some serious question marks with the Warriors' interior defense. You also have some issues now with the perimeter because the shooting guard who is expected to potentially save the team isn't available, and you're going to have to rely on the likes of Steph Curry. I mentioned Draymond before as being a key member of the nucleus. You have Andrew Wiggins as well, which don't get me wrong, I guess is fine as a quote-unquote big three somewhat. I've never been a big Wiggins guy, but that's still good enough to get you into the playoffs, but not really good enough to get you far into the playoffs. So I don't agree with this 8-1 to one line at all. I think if Clay is actually going to be out this line for the season, this line is going to plummet. I think this line will fall probably to around 16-1, to one, maybe even 20-1, to one, uh, somewhere around the range of where Toronto's located, maybe even Denver 25-1, to one, something along those lines, because 8-1 to one just does not sound right, and I think that that line is completely mispriced. And looking at the Western Conference, uh, looking at the lines here, the Warriors are the third uh, lowest odds to win the West. This is really a three-horse race here. You have the Lakers to win the West at plus 175. You have the Clippers to win the West at plus 300, and the Warriors at plus 400. After that, you have the Mavericks as the fourth lowest odds at plus 1400, tied with the Nuggets. So you really have a three-horse race in the Western Conference, according to betting markets. However, I really don't think some betting markets have adjusted yet, because there's no way that the Warriors should only be $1 in terms of value higher than the Clippers. That doesn't make any sense based on this line. This is a two-horse race between the Lakers and the Clippers, assuming that they stay healthy. Dallas could be sneakily good, but I do think they need one more piece, especially if Porzingis is going to be missing the start of the season. But Golden State, it's really painful to see the Splash Brothers being apart for this long, as both of them got injured last year, and now Clay's injured again. Really not a fun time, but 4-1 to one for the Warriors without Clay is an absolute joke. This line makes no sense. I think that the Warriors have a worse chance to win the West with Clay out than the Mavericks and the Nuggets. So I would have the Warriors around, I'd say, 14 or 15-1, to one, and I would move the Mavericks and the Nuggets to roughly 7-1. to one. That's what I would do if I was personally making lines for the sportsbook, but... The Warriors are currently mispriced pretty badly when it comes to looking at them to be competitive in the West and to potentially win another finals trophy. I don't see that happening. So I know that a lot of Warriors fans might be bothered with what I have to say. I'm trying to be realistic. I'm assuming the worst for Clay because it seems like everybody on either Twitter or who was there closely said that it is really not a good situation. So you're going to find more about that find out more about that in the next couple of days. I'm sure Clay's going to get it checked out by numerous doctors. He'll get opinions, get second opinions, third opinions. You know how it usually works. But assuming he's going to be out for a while, Golden State's team should be good, but they should not be great. I think that's the main point that I'm trying to make. I think Golden State should probably still win somewhere around, I'd say, 48 games, maybe 50 if you're pushing it. But I don't think that this team is going to be a team that's going to be fighting for a top two, top three seed in the Western Conference. I don't see that happening. And I'm not really sure how it's going to work out for the upcoming season with fans, of course, which is concerning because you don't really know how much home court's going to matter for playoffs, et cetera, whatever. But the point is that Golden State, I don't want to say that this season's a lost cause because it clearly isn't. This team's still very good, and this team can still obviously make trades by the deadline to bolster some of their depth. But I'm still a little bit concerned with the current roster because of the fact that Clay was so valuable. 
So once again, I want to thank all of you for joining this installment of Ben and Barry Podcast here at the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to be resuming with the usual NFL football coverage for next week, but since it is the bye week, we kind of called an audible with the NBA. Other than that, though, thank you all for tuning in, and good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.